Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Back to the Future, greatest movie of all time, one mind-reading minute at a time. I'm Nick Amendez in the News. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Scott Tofty. Welcome back, Scott. Hi. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. Today we are going back to Minute 49, which starts with uh, Marty McFly walking down an immaculate, gorgeous driveway and ends with... Um, Doc Brown, in 1955, alive, alive, <laughs> God be praised, alive, trying to, uh, un- unsuccessfully reading Marty McFly's thoughts. That house is unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah. Um, like, well, not, not, not so much the house itself. The house itself is a little, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird architecture because it's yeah. got like, it looks like, like an old Hollywood house. Mm-hmm. Except for like the weird wood around it, that just feels kind of. <laughs> it's half-assed. like the Brady Bunch house, but with like six other Brady Bunch houses stacked on top of it. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird, right? Yeah, but the the property is just like it's a insane. big house. The driveway, yeah. I think yeah. you nailed it with the driveway. The driveway is like that's the oh. best driveway I've ever seen. Oh yeah, I wouldn't oh, yeah. even drive cars on that driveway. No, I wouldn't use no, the good God, towels. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would get a car, like a really nice, like old, like 1920s car, like, like a, a convertible roadster. thing. Yeah, like a roadster. I'd get that, but I'd ne- it would never leave the driveway. I would just drive it around the house. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah. the only thing. That's the only thing that I would drive on that driveway. Yes, and then yes. you would dive into your pool of money. Yes. And break all of your bones. <laughs> yes. It'd be the best. Best thing ever. Um, um, I this is kind of a stray thought, but um, Doc Brown's uh, mind reading machine. Well, before we get there, hold on. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so the this exterior house, like, I don't know. I can't find what the story is on how they recreated the garage because uh, this is obviously not the same location, right? As uh, earlier in the movie. Um, so the, I, I'm assuming they put up some sort of some sort of facade over the garage that existed on the location. A garage facade. Um, yeah, garage facade to sort of like somewhat match the garage from earlier in the movie. Um, but the house, the exterior of the house, is the Gamble House in Pasadena, uh, which is. It's named that because it's the summer home of David B. Gamble of uh, Procter and Gamble. So oh. it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a pretty major it's a pretty major uh, mansion, um, this house, and uh, but the but the but and here's here's where where the interesting architecture comes from I think. They couldn't film the interiors at the Gamble House because it was going through renovations. So I think that's what that wood is. I don't think I don't think the house is finished. I think it was like in the process of being renovated, which is why it looks the way that it looks. Awesome. Kind of like unfinished and wooden. Yeah. Uh, so the the interior, uh, including the door that. Uh, Marty walks up to the stained glass door. That is actually the Blacker House, which was which was two miles away from the Gamble House, uh, and was actually they used that for the interior, like the living room and and everything that they shot inside of Doc's house. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as well. And they did very minor decorating to the house. Most of what we see inside the house is just the blacker house and the way it was decorated on the day. It was decorated in a way that was, they were trying to sell the house. And so the house was in escrow when they were filming. So all of the, uh, decorations, including like the, uh, uh, just like all of the stuff, like there's like a, there's like a, there's like a, organ or something against the wall and there's yeah. there's like some lamps and tables and everything all of that stuff was just in there to sell the house um and then they just shot in the house while it was in escrow and they had to finish all of their shooting inside that house before it was uh sold wonder before... what that house ended up going for probably not as much as it would now yeah hmm. so I'm sure at some point somebody sold that house and made some good money on it. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. They uh they they actually uh the house was near an airport uh which made it mm. really stressful because they had to finish filming very quickly, but they kept getting interrupted by planes flying overhead. Um so it was just like I just imagine those were like the worst days on set where shooting in this house <laughs> christopher lloyd that... is all amped up and ready to go and then you have to stop for a 747 coming down oh yeah oh jesus christ yeah oh come on <laughs> Son of a bitch. um <laughs> so uh yeah so then the new owner uh they actually they actually gutted the house oh um, when they bought it and they sold everything inside the house after back to the future came out so like every single like item that they bought with the house they sold um to uh uh to like collectors and stuff um to get some uh, get some scratch and then uh recently it was restored to uh its original glory and is now a historical residence. <laughs> so there you go. In 700 years do you think that people are still going to be visiting that house going this this was the house from Back to the Future. I don't know because because we're almost a hundred years into like proper Hollywood filmmaking, right? And we're still talking about movies yeah. from the early days, you know. And so yeah. I so don't know when that's going to change. How also, long is that going to be a huge part of culture? That's a good question. I well, know. I mean, we're we're preserving history so much more than we used to. Yeah, like we're treating the past so much more precious than we used to. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we will. Or will we know. be will be overwhelmed by the sheer amount of recorded history that we have so that none of it becomes important anymore? Sure, yeah. That That's happen. also possible. Welcome to Philosophy Minute. Well, there and but there's also cuz cuz I think I think you're onto something, Tofty, because uh, the thing about it is like the reason that Back to the Future is so meaningful for so many people is that we watch it over and over again. But like Nick was talking about either like last last minute or the minute before that, we don't do that as much because there's not like reruns, you know, like mm-hmm. we don't we don't watch things over and over again as much. Things are a little more disposable. We watch it once and we saw it and, and then we have a million other things to watch. So we would rather watch a new thing than watch an old thing again. And, and I it's think archived that, for all time, so if you want it, it's there, but there's right. no urgency. Exactly. I think I think the generation below us 
won't even know what it means to watch a movie more than once. You know? Yeah, because it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, there's have, so like, many movies. Like, like, <laughs> I, I have, I haven't seen The Godfather yet because, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, imagine I'm, being a kid. I mean, I, I mean, that, that, that was a character. I've seen The Godfather, yeah. but um, but yeah, imagine being born in 2005, right? Like, you're you're 10, right? You have so much catching up to do. Yeah, like, 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 when are you gonna see like Into the Wild? Right. Like, imagine, imagine being. Imagine being born now, like in 2015, and yeah. then, you know, 15 years from now in 2030, mm. being like, I want to watch all of the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. Like, get, you know what know, I mean? Like, that's crazy. On your hat. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, a Marvel marathon, when the Avengers 2 came out, a Marvel marathon took like almost two days. Yeah, exactly. It's like there was a, I was reading something the other day about how the generation out now is the only generation that has had... Or not the only generation, but they're the first generation to have had every song ever recorded available to them at any time they want. Yeah. Like, there's no concept of, like, having to uh, wait for something or having to go find something. It's just everything's I, there. Yeah, and they're all, like, just this freaking – they're just this army of, like – I'm, I'm actually I, – I actually get kind of pumped when I start talking about, like, the generation under us. Like, uh-huh. the, the ones that are, like, in middle school and high school right now. Because they're all just a bunch of, like, web, literate, like, pansexual, multi-ethnic, like, <laughs> freaks that are just going to take over the world. And I'm just, I don't know, like, I like when I think about, like, Jaden Smith mm. and, like, just how weird kids are now, I just get kind of pumped, kind of. Oh. I don't know, because I'm just like, what are you guys going to be like? I don't know. It's just, it's Yeah. Weird. I'm I'm more scared, but I know, but I, but I but I also know that that's that's exactly how I'm supposed to be because yeah. that's how the generation above us was, which is why course. Back to the Future works. Yeah, it's the exact, it's the same reason why. Like if you look back at the '70s, they put Happy Days on TV because everyone's like, "Oh, the '50s were great," and then they put yeah. that '70s show on TV in the '90s, and now it's like the Goldbergs and Fresh Off the Boat. It's like, oh, yeah, the '80s know, and I, '90s rule. I was reading this really interesting article about George Lucas yesterday. I think it was like the Washington Post, but um, they were so like him and Francis Ford Coppola were like best bros, and Coppola was like, "Hey, I dare you to make a comedy. You're so weird, like make a comedy." And he's like, "Oh, fine, I will. I'll, I'll direct a comedy." And it wasn't you know, Howard the American- Duck, was it? It was yeah. It was uh, it was American Graffiti, and um, <laughs> and he was weird because it was like he was like even while I was making it, um. I never, I never thought about it as a, like a nostalgia movie, but I just had a weird feeling that everything about my youth, like cruising and like going to the drive-in, I just for some reason I just even then I had this inkling that that it wasn't going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he ended up being really right because you know he's like now you know kids aren't even that excited to get their driver's licenses, and I can speak for that because I remember me personally, I wasn't too pumped about like finally being able to drive like for some reason it just wasn't that big of a deal for me mm. um but i mean you go back to like you know you watch american graffiti and like you know car culture and mm-hmm. cruising and you know actually i think i think um i think that the 50s no one really cared about getting their driver's license then either because everyone just drove without a license yeah. <laughs> no, that's you know true. like kids like yeah. parents just let their kids drive like yeah cars were still I, uh, just uh, new enough Right. Yeah. Can you reach the pedals? Yeah, you're old enough. I mean, like, like teenagers were kind of a new thing back then. 
Yeah, I don't they think were I don't think brand new uh, thing. It was the fifties was the birth of the teenager. Yeah. yeah. I think I think driver's license, getting a driver's license didn't really become important until like the seventies and eighties. Sure, yeah. Um, maybe the maybe the sixties, I guess, but even um, then, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I always, and it's totally easy for me to say this now. I mean, all three of us, because we're, you know, we're we're so young men, all of us. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I'd like to believe that as I get older, I, I kind of want to be more of like a John Hughes and like a Devin Faraci, you know, because you read all these stories about. It's like, a really weird comparison. Well, I mean. hear me out, because you know. <laughs> You, you know, if you follow Devin Fracci, he's a film writer on Twitter, but he's always like, oh, millennials. You just kind of like indiscriminately, like, they suck, go die, you know? Yeah. The 90s rules. Right. You know, there hasn't been a good album since, like, Pavement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you read stories about, like, you know, Molly Ringwald will talk about John Hughes, and she was like, I was 18, and he treated me with, like, respect. You know, and like right. I always kind of admired how John Hughes really took young people seriously. You know. Oh, okay. Though- so you're saying you're saying you would rather be a John Hughes than yes, Devin. yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, I thought you were. I thought you were saying you were you would rather be like a John Hughes or a Devin Faraci. I was like, those oh, are that's how I got that too. Very yeah, yeah, but no, like I, I, I'd confused. like to believe that as I get older, I'll be able to kind of like respect, maybe not understand, but at least like respect the. Like the general, okay, okay. Well, you guys are supposed to be better than us. Yeah, yeah. Be sort of like interested in what they're what they've got going on. Yeah, like maybe yeah. like hey, maybe maybe their music doesn't one hundred percent always suck. Right. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow, that was a heck of a tangent we got on too. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one though. Um, it's, 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 it's it's thematically coherent. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So, so Marty knocks on Doc's door and Doc like crack, cracks it open first um, to see who it is. Cause he's a paranoid fella <laughs> to make sure it's not another Brown. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then bursts it open and pulls him inside. And, uh, he's got that, he's got that thing on his head. That crazy. Thing. Yeah. Which, okay. Weird reference. But when, when, when he came out with that thing, the first thing that popped in my head was that looks so much like uh, Edward Nigma's machine in Batman Forever. Yeah, you know, Nick, I don't think uh, I. I think I've I've noticed that, but I never think about it when I'm watching Back to the Future. But I think about it any time that I watch Batman Forever. Um, oh, so you kind of associate it's kind of like the other way around. Right, right, right. Because because you're right. It does look exactly. I, I'm pretty sure. I'd be shocked if it wasn't the same prop. You know, <laughs> they just, but they just found it. Yeah, because I mean, it's literally the same thing. Like including the suction cup on the forehead. You know. Yeah. yeah so so this uh, this brainwave analyzer, um, which is which is actually what the device is called. Sure. Um, uh, you know, we talked a lot, a lot when we were talking about the DeLorean about how the time travel like process works, mm-hmm. um, like physically. Like we know that you have the MacGuffin of the of the flux capacitor, but we were talking about like the technicality of like how the flux capacitor like processes from the from the you know from the time circuits to the flux capacitor throughout sure. the machine and all of that stuff like it 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 we were talking about how it does it doesn't make any sense but it looks like it makes sense you know yeah like it, it, it you, passes the threshold of like believability 
Right, exactly. And this thing does kind of the same thing where it's just like, oh, so you got this suction cup thing and then you've got a cable to this giant smoking machine. (laughs) So much smoke. And then that leads to the big helmet thing that Doc is wearing. And it's and it's the, kind of uh, and it's kind of perfect because it, the machine doesn't even work, so it, right. it's allowed to look kind of like rinky dink. Right. The best part about this is the cartoon suction cup pop that happens when he slams oh, that yeah, thing on Marty's so, forehead. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's a, that's classic. So I guess I think. Yeah, that's some <laughs> that's some good foley work. Yeah, some real good foley work. Um. Also, part of me wonders how much of Christopher Lloyd's jostling with the helmet is him to try to keep the thing from falling over, and how much of it is like, well, I think if I were a scientist, I would be like, this is how I would act with it. Yeah? I don't know. I ain't a scientist. Because it doesn't look like it's terribly stable on top of his head. No. It doesn't look like they fitted it to him. It looks like it's on a riding helmet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I love that we don't know what's the movie and what's like Doc Brown. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. The other thing I love is that uh, before Marty showed up, he was trying to read Copernicus's mind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something I don't think I've ever noticed before. But <laughs> I like, don't think I caught that either. Yeah, but watching this, like he come, he drags Marty in and then he pulls the suction cup thing off of Copernicus and then puts it on like takes off the dog collar thing that that holds it to Copernicus's head, and Wait. then and then just slams it on Marty's forehead. What if the dog was trying to get a donation for the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary? Oh, that that makes sense. You know what's funny is uh, I did a little research into Copernicus because you know this is kind of his first uh, we see him for the first time, right? In this like little moment, did you know that he isn't? He, you don't. He's not referred to by name as Copernicus until part three. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I like that it's a different dog. I think that was the joke. I remember in part three seeing it and like realizing, oh, it's another scientist dog. Like you knew Einstein from the first one. Right. And then you sort of never hear about this other dog, but it sort of pays off. I, I mean, now that you mentioned it, like, yeah, it's like I... I've sort of let that wash over the other two movies also, that knowledge, but I, it was a good little gag to keep for the third film. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the reveal that it's been a different dog this whole time. Um, well, I mean, that that's what I like about Copernicus, is that it's a different dog. Like, it's not just... Einstein. Well, well, no, not just that. I mean, like, like a different type of dog. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I, I like kind of... I like that Doc Brown isn't the guy that like loses a dog and then just gets a puppy version of the same dog. That's like a, a yeah. lineage. Yeah, like, and it's just like, like, oh yeah, this is Santa's little helper five. You know? Yeah. Like, no, it's like it's like Copernicus was his own dog. Yeah. Yeah. I like that because he's like, what is it? Like some kind of terrier mix, it looks like, right? Yeah. What's the dog in the animated series? Is it still Einstein? Yeah, it's Einstein. Yeah. And can he like talk or some bullshit? No, he can't. He can't talk. He's just very uh, cart- expressive. Yeah, he's very expressive. And I think he, I think it, I want to say he wears like disguises and stuff sometimes. Like it's, he's a, it's a real like he's Snoopy like, kind of situation. Brain from Inspector Gadget? Yeah, a little bit. I think so. 
Um, Does he do the classic like early like cartoon dog laugh? I don't remember. I don't think he yeah. makes any noises, uh, other than you know barking. But bow wow. Uh, yeah, but he does. He does. He does do things. Has there um, ever been a dog, dog cartoon? Do. Has there ever been a cartoon dog that just says the words bow wow? I don't know. So that would be great. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Uh, so <laughs> you, you, I Marty just has no patience for this thing. Um, for this, he's so flustered coming off of what he just came off of too. Yeah, hit on by his mother. Right. Basically, sexually assaulted. Yeah, by his mother. That's that'll mess you up. Now he's got this dude in the giant helmet and the, what appears to be some sort of silk snakeskin smoking jacket. All right, Doc's outfit is dynamite. Awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's for me. Like for most people, the uh, his his uh, nineteen eighty five like outfit is sort of like his iconic outfit. But for me, it's this. This is when I think of Doc Brown. This is the outfit I think of. I'm a big fan of the nineteen eighty five outfit. What's that? Like from part two, the the nineteen eighty five outfit, or the 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 uh, the hazmat suit kind of thing. No, no, I think of this. Oh, see, the one I think of always is the future Doc 2015 outfit. Oh, that's probably second to this for me. Yeah. Um, but there's something I love. I would wear this, like what he's wearing. Like that's, that's Walk into any Salvation Army and you could probably make that dream come true. I'm I'm into it. I'm into the idea. I'll be honest. The, I, the pale shirt with a white tie on I just, top of Yeah, it. I love that he's wearing a tie with a robe. Oh, that's that's some good stuff. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm a big you need fan a minute by his, yourself, uh, Scott. <laughs> yeah, so silver robe with black lapels, white shirt, white knit tie, dark pants, and he's got those uh, those black and white shoes. That's some good You're stuff. You're very impressed right now. I like it. I'm into it. <laughs> this is your next cosplay. Yeah, yeah. I think it might be. I mean, imagine how comfortable that's. That's a great cosplay because that is comfortable. Well, the only way you can wear a tie at that time of night. Is to be also equally comfortable. I think it's got to feel great. Yeah, yeah. I also love that the robe is just a little too small. I think there's like a, a hole in it too. I have my screen paused at uh, Doc's like holding onto the helmet. It's almost like you can see a snag on the shoulder where it's like torn. Oh yeah, I see that. Yeah, that's good. Is that shirt white or is it kind of like pink? It's like a like it's a like a like really a washed out pink. Yeah, it almost looks like he like Somebody washed his whites with his reds. <laughs> Which, yeah, you could to- exactly. which you would totally do. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And then continue to wear the shirt because whatever. So wait, did he murder his family too? Uh, no, his family, <laughs> his family died and then he inherited the fortune. Uh, okay. How'd they die? I think they just died of old age. Okay. Because he's old here. And that You know, that's the other thing that bugs me about this. Like, Doc, how old is he supposed to be in 1955? Yeah, well, he's, he's 71 in 1985. Um, which means he's so wait, 41 in 55. So, hey, no, this works. Hang on, because he's 77. Christopher Lloyd is 77 now. Mm-hmm. So if he was supposed to be 71 30 years ago, yeah. then that would put him – yeah, that would put him in his – his About right. Mid-30s, right? Right. I'm terrible at math, so I'm guessing at this. That it's sounds so, right. It's so funny, but when, when I was a kid, and even now, I never – it never, and I know I really don't understand on a visceral level 
that Doc is aged to look older at the beginning of the movie. You know when I first noticed that? I had never, ever been able to tell. Like, even in Back to the Future 2 when he peels off the old man, like, the face thing. Yeah. I went and saw the 25th anniversary screening in uh, a big screen, first time ever. Yep. That is the first time I ever noticed yep. that Doc looks old yep. at the beginning of Back to the Future. That, I've yep. never same, been able to same thing for me. Times. Same thing for me. Because there had never been a Blu-ray yet. Right. So you couldn't see that kind of – that level of detail. detail. And, and that 25th anniversary screening like – VHS copies a lot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 25th anniversary screening, because I also went to that, was to promote the release of the movies on Blu-ray for the first time. Right. Uh, not even that was Blu-ray. I think that was – the 25th anniversary might have just been the DVD release. No, it was the Blu-ray because the 30th – the 30th – yeah, because I – that was the, oh. the all-blue – uh, Blu-ray release, like where the cover was all blue, that was uh, like dark okay, blue. Okay, you're right. I'm looking at my poster now, and it says digital re-release. So that must have been Blu-ray. Yeah, and then and then just like you know, earlier this year they put out like a new Blu-ray box. Yeah, the, the 30th anniversary. Yeah. Um, Money grubbers. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so yeah, that was the first time that I noticed too was seeing it for that. Um, because I never understood what the deal was with him pulling off like right. pulling off like his skin in, tw- How do I look? in 2015. Look exactly and I was like, I same. don't understand what's happening. Like I've never, I never understood what was happening, but now I realize, Oh, he's literally just pulling off his old the man old makeup because he didn't want to wear it. Yeah. He didn't want to wear it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Which I not shooting a whole movie with this crap. Yeah. It's great. Cause he realized like, Oh, I'm barely ever going to be 1955 doc brown anymore so right i'm not gonna i'm not doing that like it was okay in the first movie because i was barely 1985 doc brown yes but um yeah i'm amazed they didn't decide to give him like brown hair in the 50s or something yeah it's it's he's a little more creamy colored but Mm-hmm. He's just so ageless to me that it, it's I, I never it never hits me that like you know because like with Lorraine and George it's very obvious right right and but then again I always forget too it's like oh this is actually that's actually how old Leah Thompson was when they filmed this movie right right yeah he's got that champagne colored hair it doesn't do you think they tried it do you think they like screen tested him with like a wig for a younger Doc and were just like listen this doesn't work well he had like dark brown hair because this was like taxi era right you know so he had that dark brown hair but i think i i think that they wanted to to separate him from his taxi character who was such an iconic character true at this point that they wanted to to differentiate him and and you know look it worked you know because now how low-key the taxi character was yeah as opposed to how as opposed to how manic doc brown was right which one he's remembered for most right exactly so um, it worked Unless out. Do not I forget think. his run in Dennis the Menace and and Adam's family. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, anything else for this minute? Uh, no. There's a lot of smoke. I want to know what's There's a lot of good wires and lights. I want to know what's causing oh, all of that smoke. He's got the quintessential mad scientist little bulb that goes <laughs> shoots the electrodes. <laughs> That made me happy. I wish it hadn't started smoking until he put the thing on Marty and it was smoking because it was like, time travel? What? It <laughs> just started smoking. Because no. <laughs> the machine was working. It just 
didn't know how to handle what was going on Future in Marty's brainwaves. head. The evolved human mind from 1985. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is Huey Lewis? <laughs> Huey Lewis and the news? That's news? Is he an anchor? Does he replace Cronkite? Uh, is Cronkite dead? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 50. In the meantime, go check out our website, backtothefutureminute.com. You can email us, contact at backtothefutureminute.com. You can follow us on Twitter, on Tumblr, like us on Facebook, uh, leave us reviews on iTunes, check out our other podcasts, Not Writing, and uh, The Doctor's Companion, our Doctor Who podcast, and uh, beginning January 6th, uh, Geek by Night, the audio drama written by Nick and I and uh, and a lot of other people and uh, starring uh, Scott Tofty. Yeah. Yes. I'll be there too. And uh, go uh, check out the other Minute podcast, Star Wars Minute and Goodfellas Minute. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.